What is going on, Ravens Flock? It's your man Hendo here, and this is the Rogue Pod. No, some of you are going to be like, hey, it's three something in the morning. What are you doing on right now? I don't have a rhyme or reason for it. I know that this is going to be quick because I'm sure most of the flock is asleep awaiting this 9.30 a.m. game when the Baltimore Ravens take on the Tennessee Titans and London. But grandbaby was here. She didn't go to sleep until one something in the morning. Lay down to go to sleep. I think I fell asleep for approximately five, ten minutes. Couldn't go back to sleep. I don't know if this is an omen. I don't know if the football guards are trying to tell me something just ain't right. I really don't know. But I just couldn't go back to sleep. So I figured, hey, since I'm up, since I don't know what my day is going to be looking like, I might as well just get on here and stream, talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe this is cathartic and it'll help me get some things out my system. I don't really know. I just know it's three in the morning. We got a game in a little over six hours. Hopefully I can get some rest and actually get up and watch it. Hopefully the grandbaby doesn't wake up and come down here and starts wrecking havoc. But let's get into this. Like I said, ain't nobody going to be in here. So this is just going to be quick. I'm going to run through it. We're going to get it going. But listen, for those of you who may stop by and are new to the channel, I do a live stream every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, recapping the Ravens games. Talk football, basketball, all things sports, but predominantly the Baltimore Ravens. So if you like what I'm doing, please do like and subscribe if there's anybody out there. I don't know. Am I the only one up? I reach people overseas. I really couldn't tell you. But let's just jump into this real quick. And we're going to be talking about six awesome stats and facts. Ravens fans will love to know ahead of week six versus the Tennessee Titans. Stat number one, the Titans and the Ravens have faced each other 26 times. They are tied at 13-13. Now, they're tied 13-13, but the Titans hold the edge in the regular season, 11-10. The Ravens hold the advantage at 3-2 in the playoffs. Now, when we talk about the head-to-head matchups, there are two games that particularly come to mind when I think of the Ravens versus the Titans. Yes, first. It is 3 a.m., fam. I could not sleep, but I appreciate you stopping through. So, like I said, there are two particular games that pop into my mind. One would be the 2000 AFC Divisional Playoffs when the Ravens and the Titans were in the old AFC Central. For those of you that don't know, we did not used to have six divisions like this. We didn't. We just, once the Jaguars and and then Panthers came in, Then the Ravens came back, and then Cleveland got a new team. We were the only division, I think, to have six teams in it, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. It was a minute ago, back in the early 2000s. So we used to battle with the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars in the division over and over again. But this game was more memorable to me because it was pretty much the start of the run for the Ravens going to the Super Bowl. Now, in that matchup, the Tennessee Titans had just opened a new stadium. I don't know if it was, I think it was Adelphi, Adelphia, something like that. They opened up a new stadium and they were undefeated in this stadium. Now, they had two losses at the end of the season. And can you guess who the team was to beat them twice? The Baltimore Ravens. The first game, we beat them 24 23. I believe Trent Dilfer threw an interception late in that game and then came back through the game with a touchdown to uh, Johnson. What was his name? Wasn't really good, but it was 83. He threw a touchdown. They won the game. Uh, we met them in the playoffs. 
beat them 24 to 10 off a block punt return 90 yards by Anthony Mitchell more on him later and Ray Lewis interception off of Eddie George's hands. So we took that, went to the Super Bowl. Good times. Now, the second matchup that is more prevalent to me personally would have to be the 2019 matchup. Hurt me to my heart. Hurt me to my heart. Um, This was Lamar's MVP season. This was the year when the Ravens started two and two, went on a 14 game win streak. And for the first, I can say for the first time, possibly since the Ravens came back, this was the year that I thought the Ravens were actually going to go into the season and win the Super Bowl. Like we beat every team in the NFL, beat the Bills. We dominated the 49ers. Like we took every team down. Then we got into the playoffs and we shat the bed. Like, Everything went wrong. First, it was an interception off of Mark Andrews' hands. We lost our identity that year. We were we were the number one team in NFL history as far as rushing yards go. We took over number one, most dominant rushing team in the NFL. During that game, we ran six times, six times on the game, three by Gus Edwards. I don't know what happened. Mark Ingram was injured, so we just abandoned the game plan, went against Tennessee Titans. Everything just went to hell. I know Lamar Jackson had a total of over 500 yards at the end of the game, but I think that game hurt me to my core. I don't normally let football really affect me like that, but I think that game hurt me to my core. Yes, first, that was the game that, uh, that he said he was going to break his soul, and he did. He broke his soul. Like you could after that, Eddie George really wasn't the same. And it wasn't a particular hit. He told Eddie George during that game, he said, Listen, you or I are gonna make a play to win this game. And it's it gonna be you. And ball hit Eddie George in his hands, popped up, Ray Lewis snatched it out, ran it back for a touchdown to save that game. So yeah. But yeah, the 2019 game hurt me to my core. I thought that that was the year Lamar was gonna take us all the way, but just it it just wasn't it for us. Then the next season in 2020, even though it wasn't more memorable for me, I think it was on my birthday because I do remember being in Pennsylvania at an Applebee's and we took on them in, I think, the wild card game, if I'm not mistaken. And Lamar Jackson had a 68 yard touchdown run at the end of the first half. We ended up winning that game finally, finally winning that game, because in 2019, I think the Tennessee Titans disrespected us. They were all on our logo. They would just talk smack to the team. The only person that went out there was John Harbaugh. So there is a direct hatred for this organization. Like I said, going back to the early 2000s from the AFC Central, it's just a game that it's just a team that we just particularly don't care for. It's no love loss. So I don't know if this game is weighing on me, and that's why I couldn't sleep. Like I said, it's three, it's three something in the morning. And I'm just laying and I'm trying to go to sleep. I'm trying to go to sleep. I can't go to sleep. I hope this does not mean a loss because, listen, we are 3-2 and two right now. We just lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the offense just wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. We do not have a good track history in London. But more on that later. We don't have a track history. So, next fact, and I think we spoke a little about this just now. The next fact is Tennessee leads head-to-head matchup against Baltimore 11. 10 regular season. Hopefully, if we win this game, when we win this game, we will tie it up at 11 11. Now, I know Tennessee is not the juggernaut that it once was, but you cannot take any team for, for granted. And as Baltimore Ravens fans and New York Giants fans, as far as is, we know this. We took Indianapolis for granted, lost. We took Pittsburgh for granted, even though they're a divisional rival. Tough game. We took them for granted, lost. Um, I don't take Tennessee for granted. 
like they have some strengths that kind of kind of give me trepidation. Kind of trepidation. Oh man. What's up, Ravens Flock? Um it says don't hold your breath, Ravens and find a way to lose. I'm not I'm not fighting this. Like I'm at peace. I'm at I'm I'm at peace. If they lose, it's it's a problem. I think if the Ravens lose this game, it's going to be a problem because with the travel and then going back, we have to take on the Detroit Lions next week. These aren't your same old granddaddy's Detroit Lions. They look pretty good. Jared Goff is matured as a quarterback. Um, they got Jamison Williams back. And that right there, with him coming back, I thought this next game was supposed to be his first game back, but they let him back early. I don't know if we have anybody that can contain him. If he's in shape and they get this connection going, I don't know if they can contain him. So if the Ravens find a way to lose, we might be in trouble because we could lose the next two games if we lose this one and go under 500. Now, we can take a one a half-game lead on the Pittsburgh Steelers if we do win. I can't say tomorrow. Later today, we can take that half-game lead. Um, I don't know how confident I feel in this. It depends on what the offense does. It depends on how we, if John Harbaugh has his team ready to play. Not always guarantee, but Tennessee – Sometimes looks good. They sometimes don't look well. I mean, I don't know. Derrick Henry is a problem, but we, I think for the first time in a while, we have a, a man in the middle that can kind of do some things. It's kind of reminiscent to Ray Lewis, Eddie George. We got Derrick Henry, Roquan Smith, and a little bit of Patrick Queen. I think Patrick Queen is going to play a role. I think he faced Patrick Queen in his rookie season. Patrick Queen was not the player that he is now, so I think that's going to help out a lot. Yes, sir. You are factually correct, sir. Giants ain't taking nobody for granted. They just suck. And your quarterback. I saw you. I saw your show yesterday, and you said Daniel Jones may not be playing. He's not playing. Daniel Jones is out. It's it's Terod Taylor that's taking the helm for them. All right. Moving on to the next topic. It is Tennessee allows the tenth most passing yards per game this season. Hmm. So this is a conundrum in itself because the Ravens, I think, are fourth, sixth, fourth in the league in rushing, in 26 in the league in passing. Um, the Tennessee Titans allow 240 yards per game, and the Ravens are only passing for 189. So something has to give, hopefully. Um, I know last week the wide receivers dropped approximately 7 to 10 passes for about 200-something yards, maybe 2 to 3 touchdowns. They have to redeem themselves. Like, this is a game that you say, look, I know I let you down last time. Something needs to come around. I need to do better. Uh I just I, I, I'm just not, and I have not been a believer in Todd Munkin. I know a lot of people thought that when we signed him, getting going away from Greg Roman, that this was going to be a plus. But being that John Harbaugh said, hey, I don't need to do any research on this guy. I heard he was good. I'm good with him. Let's roll. Often sometimes looks a little bit Greg Romanish when it's not working, when things aren't panning out. They just go back to running Lamar. And I don't think that that's a recipe for success. Because it's going to get Lamar hurt. And we've seen the last two seasons, you run him too much, you get him hurt in the latter parts of the season. So this is where the rubber meets the road. Are we going to get this passing game together? This is week six. I know they didn't have any preseason together. I know we have parts that have been missing due to injury. But something has to give. There are teams all over the NFL that have injuries, that didn't play together. And the teams are gelling. Like, they're looking a lot better than they did week one. We are actually progressively getting worse. Since that Cincinnati game, we have gone downhill. Don't know, no, don't know what's up with that. But to me, once again, I think it is coaching. 
And Raven Flock said, the O-line will continue to fold. Receivers will drop passes and hubs. Munkin can't coach for, for ish. In the end, everyone would just blame Lamar and say he's not worth the money. Tired of the crap. This is factually correct. Listen. Listen, I don't I don't think that on a largest as a larger scale, the Ravens are going to drop that many passes. Mark Andrews, he's good for a drop touchdown here and there. He is. In big games, he just doesn't show up. Odell, don't know if we're going to get a full game out of him, so I don't know what to expect. I don't expect Zay Flowers to drop as many passes. He's dropped passes before this last previous game. I don't know why people act like this is the first time he had dropped problems in college, but I don't think collectively as a whole, they're going to drop as many passes. Now, Harbaugh being able to coach, he's just a cheerleader. I've been saying this since 2012 on the run to the Super Bowl. I said, look, this guy is not the man. I know a lot of people love Harbaugh and they make excuses and they say, listen, if we find Harbaugh, who are we going to get in his place? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You can bring anybody in to be, quote unquote, a game manager and not do their job well. He doesn't manage timeouts well. He doesn't manage situational football well. He does not do anything to kind of uplift his coordinators. If his coordinators are struggling in a certain area, he has no expertise to say, look, do this, try that, do something else. He just sits back with a dumb look on his face and lets them fumble the game away, so to speak. So yes, and Lamar, of course, he's going to get the blame because Lamar gets clicks. Lamar's clickbait, like if you mention his name, people will watch. If they go on these TV networks and say, Lamar, 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 because the same thing happened with Justin Herbert early. He struggled a little bit early. He's gotten a little bit better, but he struggled early. And Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's like crap. Minus the last game. He had maybe a decent game before. He's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And nobody's talking or saying a word about, hey, he's getting all this money. He's not worth it. But, of course, it's Lamar. You know what I'm saying? This man doesn't bother anybody. Of course, it's his fault. Now, they went on TV, made their claim that Lamar should have did this. Lamar should have did that. He should have thrown an interception, which I agree. But then, on the other hand, they said, well, you know, the Ravens dropped seven passes. But that didn't have anything to do with it. Lamar just has to play better. And I just think it's totally unfair. But... Listen, that interception, I can't hold you. Like, he shouldn't have threw that ball. I know he's trying to get OBJ involved in this offense. He's trying to help him live up to that contract. Because quite honestly, $15 million for what? The one time that we decide we're going to go ahead and spend a little bit of change on a player, on a wide receiver, especially offensively, we go out and get somebody that's injured. This is exactly why we said also go out and get DeAndre Hopkins, just in case. Rashad Bateman doesn't come back healthy just in case OBJ isn't what he once was. Now we have a legitimate guy who is a number one that can kind of get things done. And even over there in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill doing Ryan Tannehill things, you know, DeAndre Hopkins has like 348 yards receiving so far this year. And I think that that would lead this team if he were over here and having Lamar throwing to him, like you can throw it anywhere with DeAndre Hopkins, like just in his vicinity, he's going to catch the ball. He's not, he, I think he has the highest catch rate since he's coming to the NFL. So if you brought somebody on his team that can actually catch what we have won last week, you're damn right. But we didn't because I think DeAndre Hopkins is a little bit too much of an alpha male. And I think that's the issue that Bill O'Brien had with him. That's why Bill O'Brien traded him from Houston to the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, we don't like, Alphas over here, John Harbaugh needs guys that just fall in line and do what he says and lose his games for us over and over and over again. Hmm, about that. All right, next up, it says the Baltimore defense ranks number three in points allowed per game. Listen, can't take anything away from it. I know you've heard us say many a time before defund the defense, and they do their job as far as scoring goes. 
they do their thing. And I think that scoring would be even better if the offense were up to par, if the offense stayed on the field, if we controlled the time of possession, I think that, that we would be better defensively. Now, for me, as great as this defense is, situationally, they struggled the end of the Pittsburgh game. Like they held the team to one touchdown. Can't take nothing away from that. You hold a team in the NFL, in today's NFL passing league, to one touchdown. Hey, but at the end of the game, you go zero blitz. You leave an injured cornerback that just came back his first game one-on-one with Pittsburgh's most dangerous receiver. So I can't take anything away from that. Um, I know that Tennessee has problems at times scoring points. So I think the defense can hold them. It's just can we score enough points? Because if I told you before last week the offense would only score 10 points, you told me I was a hater. You'd have been like, yo, Hendo, you's a liar. Like, there's no way with the players that we have on this squad, we're only going to score 10 points if we did. So I think defense can actually shut them down. But can the offense score points? That is the question of the day. Listen, Ravenslock, like you like me. You sound very, very passionate. Very, very passionate. You said it's too late we wasted Lamar's rookie deal. Our window's closed. I can't listen, I can't say that the window's closed because I don't know how long you've been a Ravens fan, but let's be real. Like I keep it real. Like I keep it a buck. 2012. Did I think we had a good team? I thought we had an outstanding team in 2012, even especially coming off of 2011, where we were just a drop touchdown away from going to the Super Bowl. I still didn't think we were going to the Super Bowl in 2012. You know what I'm saying? So I thought our window could have been closed then, but surprises happen. Like, one does never cease to amaze. Now, I will say they squandered Lamar's rookie deal. They could have gone offensively and got some players to build this team up. This is why I say I have a problem with the Patrick Queen pick. We could have drafted T. Higgins. Um, for, 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 for Ish and Giggles, if you think about it, we drafted Kamale Correa, off-ball linebacker from BYU, tried to move him inside. No, he was inside linebacker. We tried to move him outside. In that same draft, at that same slot, we could have drafted Derrick Henry, and we needed a running back. So, listen, these are some things that this team has just said, we're going to stick to this philosophy. And I think this is why maybe – just my opinion. Todd Munkin may get a little too much of the blame for the offensive struggles because we have a philosophy here at one winning drive at the Ravens camp. They have a philosophy where they want to run the ball. Like the passing schemes, listen, the spacing, the route concepts, wonderful. I just don't think that with Harbaugh at the helm, our window is closing because he has that old school mentality. Keep the games close. When it kicking a field goal. And that's not how you win in today's NFL. And what ends up happening is we make a mistake here and there and it costs us a game. Instead of being up and the same thing happened, I hate to say it, with Colorado, they went up 29 nothing. They didn't keep their throats on their neck. They tried to get cute and lost the game. And I think this happens with the Ravens a lot. Like we get up a little bit, 10 points. Because listen, over the last two seasons, we've blown a lot of double digit leads. Even though our defense is ranked three in scoring, I think last season they were top five in scoring and yardage, but we've blown a lot of double-digit leads. I don't think that our window is closed. As long as we have Lamar Jackson on this team, there's no way I think the window is closed because he wills us to wins. It's just that can the coaching get out of his way? Can John Harbaugh actually say, you know what, I was wrong. Let me change a couple things. He changed. He he pivoted a little bit because remember when he said at that press conference, I'm not going to beg wide receivers to come here. If you worry about your stats, if you this, that, the third, I don't want you here. He didn't mean that because he realized once he said that, players didn't want to come here. 
And if you don't have talent, I don't care how good your coaching is, you're not going to win. And we don't have good coaching. So I don't think that the window is closed. It's closing because Lamar's getting up there in age. We're wasting his time. Listen, I know a lot of y'all going to kill me and you love Kyle Hamilton, but at the number 14 pick overall with six fourth round picks, there's no way we shouldn't have Chris Olave. There's no way we shouldn't have, um, what's the other one? Garrett Wilson. There's no way we shouldn't have Jameson Williams on this team with the 14th overall pick, but we went and got a safety. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. He had a hell of a game where his, he had his three sacks. He's doing well. He's playing decent. Like He's playing a lot better than I thought that he would, but is that worth a number 14th overall pick? And to me, offensively is where we, need to, we needed to get that difference maker. At number 14 is where we get that offensive player that's going to help Lamar progress. Because since 2019, we have not helped him out on offense. And you can you can quote PFF all you want. This offensive line is atrocious, and it has gotten progressively worse year after year. But yet and still, we expect Lamar to go out here, be Superman, do all of these things. And when he messes up, it's all his fault. But Harbaugh and them never get the blame. EDC, like I want to make a video, and I think I may, on all of his draft pick busts. Over the last five years, I think he's had 43 picks, the most by far in the league. And what do we have to show for it? We have a fourth-year Patrick Queen that's probably going to go to another team. We got Tyler Lindenbaum. I give him that. But what else do we have? Who else have we drafted that's helped this team and is going to help this team in the future? And mad or not, we should have drafted George Pickens in the second round because, of course, Ojabo, he's saying he wants to come back at the end of the year or whenever he can come back, but he's been a bust so far. And I know y'all going to say, well, how can he be a bust? He hasn't played. This is a part of the game. Playing is a part of the game. You being injured is a part of the game. I don't give a damn how you got injured. You not being available on the field, I hold that against you for whatever reason because you're not helping this team progress and helping this team win. But as far as Super Bowl windows closing, I refuse to believe that until Lamar decides the day that he doesn't want to be here anymore or until the day he decides he wants to tank so they can get a new head coach. I wouldn't be mad at that either. I love the win, but I do think we need to go in another direction as far as the head coach. But Moving on, next one. Baltimore's playing overseas for the second time in team history. Yes, Lord. Second time in team history. The Ravens also played in London back in 2017 when they took on the London Jaguars. Because they seem to just be over there every year. Um, that was a horrible year. Uh, the only touchdown I think we got, we lost 44-7. Joe Flacco was the quarterback. He did not even throw that touchdown. Ryan Mallett, rest in peace, the late Ryan Mallett, threw the only touchdown. Jaguars dominated us from beginning to end. I know that we went over there on a Thursday at that time, and I just think that the time zone difference did a little something to us. Plus, once again, Jonathan Harbaugh does nothing to prepare this team for big games. Now, the Tennessee Titans have also played overseas. I think it was in 2021 versus the Los Angeles Chargers, and they lost that game as well. So one of these teams quite possibly are going to get their first overseas win. Now, this game in London in 2017, it also sparked a lot of controversy. This seems to be a topic of contention when it comes to the Ravens fan base and attendance. They say that day was one of the days where we lost a, a large contingent of our fans because of the Colin Kaepernick situation. They took a knee. Um, Ravens legend, two knees. He came out there and said he wasn't kneeling. He was praying you know, a lot of things happen, and I think that changed the fortunes as far as financial goes for the Baltimore Ravens. But tomorrow, oh, today, I'm saying tomorrow, oh, it's 3.30 in the morning, less than six hours away, one of these teams are going to get their first win. Hopefully it's the Ravens because 
I think this loss can derail the season. Like, I think this loss will send us spiraling in a direction that we may not recover from. Now, will it send us in the direction of a new head coach? I don't know, because Steve Bashadi just refuses to let go of this man, regardless of what happens. I heard something earlier today. I don't know if it was on YouTube, Twitter, somewhere. They were speaking about Brian, uh, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick sans Tom Brady. They said, without Tom Brady, Bill Belichick is an average to below average head coach. He's on a hot seat right now. They don't know if this is going to be his last season in New England. They don't know what's going on. But they said, listen, he's won. He's won six Super Bowls. But he's losing right now. He's lost the team. They just don't look well. Just the personnel decisions. All this is going wrong. Six Super Bowls. And they're talking about firing him. John Harbaugh, since 2012, before Lamar got here, what has he done? I mean, even after Lamar got here, what has he done? Two playoff wins, and he has one Super Bowl. So you're telling me a six-time head coach, one of the greatest head coaches of all time, if he if he coaches another three years, he'll possibly be the all-time leadingest win, leading in wins win, wins for a head coach in the NFL compared to John Harbaugh, who just won his 150th game, compared to a guy who could win 372, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around it. And you're telling me he's not on chop block? Like, he's not on the hot seat? Like, I, I can't compare the two. Like, if he's not doing well and we're not winning, if we go into the playoffs and lose in the first round again this year, something has to change. Something has to change. Not these low-budget free agents. Not them bringing in a new offensive or defensive coordinator. Something has to change from that top because systematically, this isn't working. We've changed offensive coordinators at least six times. John Harbaugh's had about four or five defensive coordinators. And the only thing, the only constant that remains is Jonathan Harbaugh. So I think after this, he got to go. Um, if I'm Lamar, I sit out. No, bruh. Listen, if he sits out after that big contract, the backlash that he's going to get, they're going to say he quit on the team. Listen, this dude was hurt. This dude was injured last year. And they're sitting there questioning him about why he didn't come back for a playoff run. And if you're not a Ravens fan and don't know Lamar, I'm not saying I know him personally, but if you don't, no, Lamar, he's competitive and he wants to win. I don't think it had anything to do with the contract. Like, he wanted to play. So if he couldn't come in for that and they gave him all that backlash, what you think is going to happen if he sit out right now after signing the contract that he did? I mean, I don't, I'm not with the tanking. Like, I want to win every game that we play. But something has to change. And as long as we continue living in mediocrity, we're going to continue to get the same results. I keep saying it over and over again, and everybody says, oh, who are we going to get the coach? Well, hell, look at all these coaches in here. Like, I know that we probably use up the last drop of head coaching juice, and there are no other head coaches out there, but look at the Golden State Warriors, my other team, four-time champions. Steve, uh, um, Mark Jackson took the team as far as he could take them. Were they winners after he became the head coach? Yes, they were. But were they championship leveled? Were they a championship level team? No, they were not. So they went out and got Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr took them to that level that Mark Jackson couldn't take them to. And I think that's the same instance with John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh can get this team to a certain level. He can rah-rah and give them dumbass speeches and just say certain things that don't really matter and lie to the media and lie to the fans. He can get us to the playoffs because we have a great culture as a franchise. We have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So can we make it to the playoffs? Yeah, we can. Can we miss the playoffs? It's a possibility as well. But can we be a championship-level team? Not with him coaching. And that's just my personal opinion. Like, you know, all this is opinion-based.
not stating that it's fact, but you know, it's all opinion based. All right. Let's see. Last one is the Ravens traveled to London, London on Thursday in 2017. In 2023, they did so on Monday. Yes, right after the game, they decided we're going to go out to London. We're not going to have a repeat. I guess they're superstitious. But, but this year, the teams in London, the teams that went out early, are actually four and one in those games. And I think the only losses the Jaguars. No, did they win? Did they win both of them? I think they won both of them. But I know the Jaguars stayed out there for two weeks. But teams are 4-1. I can't remember which team actually lost that went out there early. But we went out there early. The Tennessee Titans went left on Thursday afternoon. So they're doing what we did back in 2017. Will it make a difference? I'm not know. Will they be jet lagged? I just know that the Ravens will be a little more acclimated to the climate, to the time difference, to everything that's going on over there. Um, Mark Andrews said it was a genius move. I can't say it was a genius move. I just think if your players come ready to play and your coaches coach like they're supposed to, I think you can win a game, especially when you play an inferior opponent, not to take anything away from the Tennessee Titans. But I do think that the Ravens collectively are a better team. Does that mean it will win? No. Any given Sunday, any team can lose. So who knows with that one? But we will find out. All right. What do we got next? It's been 30. 30 minutes already. Jesus. All right. So five key matchups. Five key matchups that may help determine this game as far as I see it. Matchup number one, Lamar Jackson, Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard is one of the better safeties in the league. In eight season, he has 27 interceptions. I think he had an interception back in 2019 off of Lamar Jackson. Like I said, he is an all pro. He's a pro bowler. I just think that if Lamar plays up to his capabilities and the team around him plays like they are capable of playing, then we should come out on top in this matchup. Second matchup, Roquan Smith versus Derrick Henry. Hmm. We got a dog back there. We don't have guys missing tackles. We don't have Earl Thomas blocking for Derrick Henry. We have a guy that's going to bring the wood, that's going to match that intensity, and I think that's going to be a good matchup. But also, we have to factor in Tajay Spears, who is the backup running back for Tennessee. Um, he's, I think he's starting to get a little bit more of the carries over Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's averaging 3.8 yards a carry. I don't know if they're trying to make that transition from one to another because he is getting older. But listen, if the Tennessee Titans don't value and don't want Derrick Henry, send him over to Baltimore. We will take him, no doubt. Another very important matchup to me is Jeffrey Simmons versus Kevin Zeitler. Jeffrey Simmons in his five years has 23.5 sacks. I know a lot of people are going to say 23 and a half sacks over a five-season period is not a lot of sacks. But he is a defensive tackle. He is a game wrecker. We no longer have Marshall Yonder here to shut him down. And Kevin Zeitler's play as of recent has just not been up to par. I don't think that the Ravens are going to resign him. Just He just looks horrible out there. And, you know, one missed tackle can end a season. One missed tackle can change the fortunes of a game. How many times have we seen Zeitler, Moses, uh, Johnson, one of them give up a play or some pressure, Ronnie Stanley, and they knock the ball out of Lamar's hands. Now, I know Lamar leads league in fumbles, and that's because the offensive line has been porous. And I just think this is going to be one of the more important matchups that we have during this game. Another important matchup is going to be DeAndre Hopkins versus Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey, this is his second game back from injury. Don't know how much he's going to play. So also, I think that Brandon Stevens is going to be factored into this matchup. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is possibly the only 
real threat that the Tennessee Titans have in the past game. Uh, first round picks, first round pick Traylon Burks. He's either been injured or ineffective his entire career. So I think if they can key in on DeAndre Hopkins, we may have a chance to win the game. Now we also have to factor in Derek Henry. He loves to pass for touchdowns. I think he's seven for seven in passing touchdowns, and he's gotten us a couple times. Like for some reason, we just cannot seem to defend that play. I don't get it. And the last matchup is going to be Odell Beckham Jr. versus Christian Fulton. Now, Christian Fulton to me, I don't know if he is their best cornerback, but this is the guy that they had listed. He this season has 20 tackles, three assists, no interceptions. I'm not sure if he has any interceptions throughout his career, but him keeping OBJ down, that's going to be his job. I don't think he has much to do because OBJ, as it seems this season, keeps himself down. Either OBJ is going to get hurt, he's going to be non-existent, but I know that Lamar is probably going to try to force the ball to him. I hope he doesn't. I hope he goes in the flow of the game. I know that's your boy, and he did this with Hollywood. Like, you're trying to help him justify that contract. You're trying to get him involved in the game. Don't do it. Let it come to you. Go to who's open. Run the damn ball. Like, uh, this Tennessee Titans defense, I know they're going to have a little bit with them just because they hate us because we hate them. First says, Lamar Jackson leading and fumbles is interesting. More like Lamar Daniel Jones Jackson. No first. Please do not come in here with that propaganda, sir. Because for one, Lamar Jackson throws for yards and touchdowns. There is devil. Listen, unless in Lamar's injury riddle season last year, he threw 17 touchdowns. Remind me again how many touchdowns Daniel Jones threw? Oh, 15. Hmm. How many is he thrown this year? About four or five? And I think he has like four interceptions. Let's not let's not do this first. Like you stay over there with your bum, run down tired New York team. I'll stay over here with my winners for the moment. And we'll go from there. Appreciate you, bro. All right. What we got left? 35 minutes. Listen, there's six people in here. I appreciate y'all. I didn't think anybody was gonna come. I thought I was gonna come in here, get through this, get it done, and possibly try to go back to sleep before this little baby wakes up. You remember first, don't play with me. Uh because my thing is, I better not oversleep for this game. I better not. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to stream later tonight, 8 p.m. It's a possibility. It depends. I think we're supposed to be going to the pumpkin patch or trunk, trunk and something with a trunk where you put decorations on your trunk and go, so I don't celebrate Halloween, but, you know, we got the baby here. So we're going to do that. What, what have we won? We've won games first. We've won games. Name me the last time a New York team, not just the Giants. Name me the last time a New York team has won something first in any sport. Any sport. Take your pick. Any sport. OBJ is useless. I mean, we kind of said that before the season started, me and the crew, and people just told us, you're just negative. You just don't know what you're talking about. You say anything. But you can see just by history, OBJ has been on a, a decline since, what, 2019, 2021? 2020 he's been on a decline like he hasn't been the same since he left new york now he's been he was serviceable in cleveland his first year but he just hasn't been the same and we just thought bringing in a name was going to quiet down the doubters and everybody was gonna say well we brought in obj we paid 15 million dollars for him and everybody's gonna be like okay that's that suffices we brought in a 70 million dollar safety i don't think it's comparable excuse me all right Speaking of, when I said earlier, Anthony Mitchell, defensive back that ran a 90-yard touchdown in to help us win 
that 2000 divisional game. Some great news. I can, I listen, I wish I had this, this kind of joy in my life, but my kids just, they on that new kid wave. I don't know. But for the game tomorrow, Anthony Mitchell, if you do not know, his son is Keaton Mitchell. The running back has just been activated to tomorrow's game. So there's a possibility that he can play. And he said, hey, let's go, son. Time to show the people who don't know what you can really do. Yes, indeed. Like, we need somebody. Um, Hopefully, he can get in play in the game. I don't care if he does much. It's just, just the joy and just for a former Raven to have his son play for the team. And I do think that he can help. I think, I think one thing that we're missing is speed. And we know Keaton Mitchell has speed if you watch him during the preseason. I just hope he can get in the game because I don't trust Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is a fumbler. He has looked good. Like, he's looked a lot better than he has. He's held on to the ball. Can't hold you. Kenyon Drake, we just brought him back just to bring him back as a body. But I think we need to ride Gus Edwards' pause in this run game. Like, listen, if Gus Edwards cannot go, you go with somebody else. So you bring somebody else in. Listen, the trade deadline is October 31st. If Gus Edwards is not up to par and he's injured, we need somebody in that can tote that rock. We need somebody that can take the pressure off of Lamar. Hopefully, Keith Mitchell can do something. Hopefully, he plays. I know they said they brought him off the – they activated him from off of IR. And I think they had to elevate him to the 53-man roster, but they said he, he's suffering from some injury, so he may not play. It makes no sense to me, but hey, they don't what they do. Who tore his ACL twice? I mean, listen, and, that, and so first – that's my point. He tore his ACL twice. What was it? Twice in a three-year period? You tell me, would Dave Gettleman have signed him? Would Dave Gettleman have signed a player and said, listen, in a three-year period, you've torn your ACL twice. So, of course, I'm not expecting you to be the player that you are. That's one. Two, teams are offering Odell Beckham $4 million a year. How do you go from offering him $4 million to offering him $15 million with 18 million guarantee with 18 million being a possibility? 15 million guarantee. Like, how do you do that? Teams are saying, yo, I'll give you four million. I don't think that you are what you once were. I'll give you four million dollars. Raven said, nope, 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 nope. 15 million dollars right here, just to quiet the flock down, just to make Lamar happy. This was Lamar, this was a Lamar signing. This was a look, Lamar. We're trying to do everything we can for you instead of going out there getting a real receiver. Because listen, Tyreek Hill. Should have got Tyreek Hill. We should have traded for uh, DeAndre Hopkins years ago. We should have gotten Stephon Diggs. Like, there were so many opportunities and so many chances. We could have got a real wide receiver. And a lot of people say, oh, but what about the salary cap? What about the salary cap? Other teams don't seem to follow the same rules the Ravens do. Other teams just seem to sign star after star after star. Oh, we can't do this. This is not mad. And we don't got mad money. Really? Buffalo has mad money. They just resigned Dawson Knox to a tight end. I mean, tight end to a, a new contract. They resigned. Who else did they resign? They know they signed Leonard Floyd. They signed Vaughn Miller. They re, they signed Josh Allen to an extension. They signed Stefan Diggs to an extension. They signed Ed Oliver, their nose tackle, to an extension. They signed Tredavious White to an extension. Who else did they sign? They signed a lot of people. Like, they signed a lot of people. But you're telling me it's mad and we don't got mad money and that's not how the NFL works. But they seem to sign a lot of people. We seem to be selective in the people that we bring onto the team. And, yes, Saints, the Saints are the masters at the cap. Whomever their capologist is, we need to bring them to the Ravens. I remember, was it two, two years ago? 
two years ago, Ravens were, I mean, uh, the Saints were 30 million over the salary cap within a six day period, six days. They went from 30 million over to 70 million under. Cap ain't real, y'all. You get the players that you want to get, but we just don't operate like that. We like to sign. I'm going to call them not important positions. But it's what most teams in the NFL don't really deem as important as others. We will we'll sign those. But when it comes to the skill players, we're not doing it. Offense wins games. Situational defense wins games. But offense, you have to outscore teams. Okay, how good your defense is. Teams are going to score when they want to, for the most part. Just saying. That's right, Ferris. When teams want to win, when teams want you, they will find a way. We just don't want players. Like we always find money for defensive players. We don't find money for offensive players. But I applaud them for at least going out and getting Odell Beckham. I applaud them. Listen, they tried something. It didn't work. Knew it wasn't going to work. New signing, new drafting the job wasn't going to work. New draft, new drafted six fourth round players wasn't going to work. And none of them was a wide receiver. In a year that we needed wide receivers, we took six players in the fourth round. None of them were wide receivers. We didn't even draft a wide receiver that draft. Make that make sense. You need a wide receiver. And said, we're going to let these young boys cook. And the young boys couldn't cook because young people can't cook. Then the next year, you say, you know what? We need pass rushes. We ain't going to get no pass rushes. We're going to let the young guys cook. And what happened to the young guys? Odafe always been out since week two. And nobody knows why they keep saying the ankle, but there's been no real update on him going into week six. What's going on with him? Odafe Owe, he's been in and out the lineup. Now he's on injury reserve. He's trying to come back for the game. So our two main pass rushes that we banked everything on for the season, they aren't here. But you'll sign these other players for these other positions that really don't matter. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll put a lot of money into defensive tackle. And I understand you need to stop the run, but how many teams are running in the NFL now? How many teams really run the ball like that? Not many. We have a hundred million dollar linebacker. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad we got Roquan on this team. I'm glad we got Roquan on this team. But a lot of people saying resign Patrick Queen. I like Patrick Queen. He has progressed more than we thought that he would. But we don't need two $100 million off-ball linebackers. Not saying that you can find somebody that can replicate his production, but you can find somebody close. That's a lot cheaper. Now, said this before. If we'd have kept C.J. Mosley at $17 million a year, Drafted T. Higgins, like we would be in so many different situations, but I'm not a general manager. I only play one on YouTube. So there's that. All right, let's check out these injuries for this game. Seems like everybody pretty much practiced except for Odafe Owe. Everybody else had full practices on Friday. They should be in the game. Morgan Moses should be back. Uh, Patrick McCarr, he's going to be a backup if needed. Javion Clowney, I know he was sick. I don't know if it was the air travel or something that he ate. Geno Stone, he was limited on, excuse me, he was limited on Thursday, but he came back in full. So, honestly, we should be a lot better than we have been in a long time. Only thing that I think that we're missing is Tyus Bowser. Like, we've been missing him this whole season. I know they had Javion Clowney kind of trying to play his position. Javion's been a beast. A lot of y'all told us, don't shine Jadavion Clowney. He's a bust. I said, get him. He's not going to get you sacks, but he's going to set that edge. He's going to stop the run. He's he's our best graded run defender. He has the most pressures on the team. Like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a GM. I'm not a talent evaluator, but I watch football other than the Baltimore Ravens. This is why we tell y'all all the time. 
don't just watch the Ravens and base everything off of what you see what Baltimore does. You have to go out there and look at the NFL. You have to see other teams study other franchises because the Raven way ain't the only way. And the Raven way ain't what the Raven way used to be. Trust me. Trust and believe. I've been watching this team since its inception in 1996. I watched the Colts until they left in 1983. And yes, I'm that old. So I've been watching football for Quite a long time, a very long time. And I'm not saying I'm an expert. I'm not saying I know stuff. But I see tendencies. I go off tendencies. I go off certain things. Like, yo, if people tell you who they are, believe them. Because I believe them. Odell Beckham told me he was a, a player that's getting on the older side and he gets injured. I believe him when he told me this season after season. Can he make spectacular plays here and there? Sure he can. Is it worth $15 million? Hell no. Now that's 15 million or 11 million more than we should have paid him that could have gone to another premium position, somebody else that can help the team. But I do digress. I digress. All right. Listen, still six people in here, still more people than I thought was going to be here. So if you like what I'm doing, make sure you also check out the crew. Make sure you check out my man. Chris just joking in deep cover. They do NFL. They do the Ravens. They do all the little plays that I don't do. Like, I don't do film. I don't break down prospects. They do a great job of it. LBHT, Lunch Break Hot Take. Listen, you should already know. Best in the game. They do a Ravens and Panthers podcast. They should be doing a live stream later this evening right after the game. I'm not sure if they're doing one, but they do have a live show every Wednesday at 7.15 p.m. Dopest dudes out there. They also, with our man OTR Mike, do rankings podcast. So if you're into boxing, make sure you check them out. If you're casual, they will teach you everything. They don't argue. They just teach. We are teachers here. We try to inform you. So make sure you check them out. Also, my man OTR Mike, open mic with OTR Mike. He is also a part of rankings. He does his thing. Check him out, too. Don't know when he's coming out with new content, but it should be coming soon. And last but not least, my man Coach Evans is Sip the Tally Films. He does the Ravens Breakdown. He also has a channel, more Sip the Tally, where he does the other 31 teams in the NFL. And this man brought us all together, and we do the Ravens Roundup every Monday night at 9 p.m. where we sit back and recap the games. Dope content. Make sure y'all check us out. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel, please. Listen, we are on the road to 4,000 subs. Like, I'm on that road to 4,000. I know, theoretically, technically, subs don't really matter. And I told my homeboy, subs don't matter. Subs are all, subs are all for ego. Just almost somebody say, hey, you got a YouTube channel? How many subs you got? And you can be like, oh, man, I got 10,000 subs. It's all for ego. I'd rather have the views and the interaction with the people. But if I can get my subs up, that looks good for sponsors, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get paid like everybody else is. This is a job. This takes a lot out of you. And as you can see, I try to give the people everything that I can. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. I probably got to get them like two and a half hours, but I'm trying to give the people what they want because I don't know if I'll be able to give it to them later this evening. But if I do, make sure you come back 8 p.m. 8 p.m. every Sunday evening. I do this every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Me and my man, Mr. Galloway, Electric Relaxation, talk everything hip-hop, especially old school. If you are a music lover, make sure you check us out. I think it's pretty good content. Sometimes first is there too. I don't know if he's going to be there permanently. It's another thing. Um, also, I have a channel, Game of Tones. Just came over the channel, Game of Tones, where I take the lyrics of your favorite music and I give it a Game of Thrones type feel to it. So make sure you check that. That's a brand new channel. I'm trying to build something here. Also, coming in the future, I am creating a website. So if you are a aspiring YouTuber, if you have a small business, if you're trying to go, I'm trying to put together a venue of like-minded people 
and it's going to be limited spaces because I really want it to be an intimate gathering of people that are really trying to help other people and not people just looking for themselves. It's going to be a website where we get together, give each other ideas, help each other with content, help each other with business models because I know some people in the business realm and we're just going to try to grow. So be on the lookout for that. Also, if you want to sign up to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash R-O-U-G, it's going to be linked in the description. If you want to hang out with me after streams, hang out with the people, get into the Discord, get into the fantasy football, um, a lot of different things. Like this is a community that we are trying to grow. This is a community that has welcomed me in because it's a bunch of us. Like it's if you see me, you'll see the other fellas, and we've grown this from strangers to what to what we have as a family. And I think that this community is all a family and we're just trying to help it grow, trying to expand it, trying to do some more things. You know what I'm saying? If you like the merch, like Jamar Laxon. Cause I can't call it Lamar, but then, you know what I'm saying? We got a couple things. Make sure you go to spread shop, check out the merchandise, check out the Patreon talk Ravens. Um, I have another channel that I'm about to get up off the ground because most of us are multifaceted. Like we know more than sports, you know, more about life. And for some reason, YouTube just doesn't like you mixing things up. Cause I tried that. I had a show on here where I was mixing up life things and football, but the algorithm was like, nah, we're going to kind of mute you a little bit. And that didn't help so I went over to something else. So um appreciate y'all for hanging out with me. If you have anything, hit me up. If you have any questions, you know what I'm saying? Question about football, question about life, question about whatever. Put it on. I'll put it on the show, answer the questions for you. Also, uh, my sponsor. We have a sponsor. We got a sponsor. So make sure you check out my man, Brandon Bazell. He has a store as well. Some dope stuff coming. He just rebranded his store. Got some things going on. Check out the commercial. If you're looking for that new hot gear, make sure you go to 86ghost.com. The man has revamped his store. He did it all for you. It's for the fans. It's for the people. It's for the consumer. 86ghost.com. Make sure you go out there and get this hot gear today while it's available. Also, right now, there is a 10% discount code on the website. Check it out. Check him out. Listen, this is what we do right here. We support one another. That's my man, Ghost. So if you are into community, if you are into growth, if you are into family, this is what we have here. And for those of us that know us, they know we don't play when it comes to hours. So appreciate y'all. I'm not going to be doing a live stream during the game. Coach Evan Sipitali, I know he's going to be doing a live stream. I think my man Raven C is going to be doing a live stream during the game as well. Of course, Engraven is going to be doing his. Don't know who else. But make sure y'all check them out. Come back for more content. Appreciate y'all. Hey, it's your boy.